Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we just watch? We just watched the second in the crossword puzzle mystery series uh, proposing murders, <laughs> suggesting murder, <laughs> a dangerous proposal, <laughs> suggestion, murder. It's all about kind of uh, politely putting forward murder as an option, but not not forcing it, you know. Yes. Not running roughshod over everyone here. It's just a running murder up the old flagpole to see if anyone <laughs> salutes. 
What did we really watch, sir? Coffee, tea, or murder? Jesus Christ. Should, should we look it up? Yeah, look it up! <laughs> Jesus. Good Lord, what kind of unprofessional show do you think we're running here? <clears throat> Gotta at least be able to tell people what we just watched. Apparently That's the not. basic fucking element of this podcast. All I know is it was in the second of the crossword puzzle mysteries on of Hallmark. Which, of which there's been... How many today? Five. Uh, the fifth one, of course, is called Riddle Me, Dad. <laughs> Love it. Love it. That one premiered on April 11th, 2021. The fourth one, Terminal Descent. Okay, I didn't February ask 14th, you about that. 2021. I asked The third one, the geez. midpoint in, in the... Uh, Pentatology. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. That would be uh-huh. Abracadaver. Yeah, that's the magician one, presumably. October 20th, 2019. Well, this is odd. So the third one came out on October 20th, 2019. The second one came out on October 13th, 2019. Huh? Now that's so. the real crossword mystery about this production schedule. Uh, and of course, it's called proposing murder. Proposing murder. There you go. So what? Uh, and that's it, folks. <laughs> you fell in love with these two crazy yeah, kids, I did. and you wanted to think that after the events of the first film, they just fell into each other's arms and lived happily ever after. Yeah, but several months pass, and they don't even call each other. And also, uh, they both seem to have gone through some professional changes because uh, the newspaper office where Tess works is different, and it seems like much cheaper. And the police station where uh, Detective Chauncey's son works. (laughs) Logan O'Connor. Also seems cheaper. It's almost like they... uh, both those places faced uh, mysterious budget cuts. You know, the news media is a rough business, and even if the newspaper's being bolstered by this crossword puzzle frenzy that everyone seems to do, everyone in the city is obsessed with this thing. You know, that's a that's a rough business. And then maybe, I don't know, maybe Chauncey got a little crazy uh, and pissed off the mayor, and, and uh, they got their budget clawed back. Who knows? I could see, Cha- I could see Chauncey being a bit of a firecracker. Maybe not. Maybe not quite playing by the rules. So why are you shitting on Chauncey? I'm not shitting on him. Maybe he's standing for what for what's right. You know, I might argue. Maybe he's investigating the corrupt mayor. I might argue that the films might be more interesting if Chauncey was at the focus of them. Really? So you 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 want a chance for Chauncey? <laughs> Your choice is Chauncey. <laughs> Chauncey's choice. <laughs> Yeah, if they did like a Chauncey's Choice version of like Sophie's what Choice, what the fuck, Kevin? Don't don't keep going. <laughs> Just stop now. <laughs> I propose that you would finish finish that sentence without finishing it. What were you going to say? Well, well we meet uh, Detective uh, Logan's sister in this, who crucially for all you '90s kids out there, if you like me, millennials. Uh, is played by Marnie from fucking Halloween Town. Yay! We all love her. She was robbed. They kicked her out of the fourth movie. Uh, some bullshit. 
it was fucked up, but we stan uh, a witch hero, and now she's finding love in this crossword puzzle movie and as a side character. Very much a side character. But she comes in, and I'm like, yeah, it's Marnie. There we go. She has a lot more charisma than Logan. She has a lot more She's a better actor than Logan. Yes. So I, I think that's where, where Chauncey would go to with. Chauncey's choice. Chauncey's choice. He, he chooses Marnie. And also, can I just point out something that I pointed out? Then I felt disturbed, and I think you were disturbed too. Logan kind of looks like Ron DeSantis, the Florida governor. So I feel like Logan's a few a few scotches away from, you know, like going after Disney or doing something horrible. So I, 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 I don't he he like now that I've seen it, I can't stop seeing it. And it it's a bit disturbing. What I thought was a bit disturbing about uh, Chauncey's son, Logan, is well, Tess in the interim between the first movie and the second movie seems to have gotten even younger. She looks fine. She looks really young. Uh, Logan seems to have aged, what, five or six years? His face is suddenly all weathered and worn. And, like, one of the first times we see him in the movie is a really unflattering angle, like, looking up at him as he pulls a sheet off a corpse. Yeah, it's like, did he go to World War One or something? Like, what happened to this man since we've seen him? And it's only a few months past. And, yeah, they're kind of... You know, they're not, the actors aren't that different in age, but they're giving, they're giving an age gap relationship. Well, they're not in a relationship. They're giving an age gap, subtle, flirtatious romance. Now, you've spent time in and around New York City. Is it such a hick burg that everyone is just so taken with crossword puzzles? That's all anybody can talk about. Man, I was born in Manhattan. Uh, no, I, I, I don't remember really, I know, I can think of one person who I knew in New York City who, who liked to do that stuff, and God bless him, but, you know, I wouldn't say that people were like, oh my God, we need to talk about that. But then again, like, maybe kind of, do you remember there was like a while where everyone was obsessed with that like weird little, I don't remember what it was called, it was like this like, Pokemon Go? No, but good try. Remember there was this, like, it was almost like a game show app where, like, somebody would be, like, give out clues and, like... Twitter? No. It was, like, and it, like he would give out clues. It was, like, a guy that everyone became associated, like, and people would do that. I remember everyone was obsessed with that in New York City for a while. Yik Yak? No, that's not, that's something else. Yik Yak? No, it's something else. Give me your phone. My phone's dead. So you're making this up. I'm not making this up. There was like a guy. Oh, now, now it's going to become one of those Anya just got drunk and hallucinated things. Here's my phone. I, I'm i going to, you're going to be embarrassed when you find out. Uh, app game. Is it called Solitaire? No, it's not. A, it's not like an old timey game. It's like a new trivia game. HQ. HQ Trivia. So everyone was it had daily games and then maybe it it I guess it was going to go under but then it didn't but yeah that was a big thing for a while I remember people playing that at a bar and I was playing it too back in the day back in my New York City days so New York was dazzled 
by the idea of uh, online trivia. That's you, things that impress him in the big city. So, uh, so you know what? When I was a kid back in the eighties, we had something called Trivial Pursuit. <laughs> that was like forty years before this New York craze. You guys are behind the times. So you think Columbus, Indiana is where it's at? They're they're setting the trends. I got to There's so much going on in Columbus, Indiana. <laughs> no one ever said, "Hey, look at this crossword puzzle," and no one ever said, "Hey, look at this online trivia game." People that just sounds sad. You paint you paint a pretty bleak picture of life in New York. People would just I always thought it was so sophisticated. People be going to cocktail parties with celebrities and authors and they're just sitting sadly in bars talking about some dumb trivia game. That is they're not too busy doing some fictitious crossword puzzles. Jesus Christ. See people in Columbus are just like Hey, look, those chickens are out on the street. <laughs> yeah, you're trying. But I think you... Hey, look, you, that church looks like an oil can. <laughs> you have you have created a quite a self-indictment of New York yeah, City. Manhattan's over, folks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't I wasn't living in the city at that point, so maybe I was missing the big crossword craze. I don't know. Like, I I remember my workplace started having a crossword. They had, like, a temporary crossword. I had fun doing that. But, like, but it didn't last. It didn't last. And also, I'm, I, don't, I don't seek it out anywhere. So it's like, it's like, if it's there in front of me, yeah, sure, I'll have fun. Uh, but only really with the online ones. Because I feel like if I wrote it out, my handwriting's so bad. I don't like writing things. You know, I don't like physically. I like typing. But I don't like writing. So I, I wouldn't be able to do that. I, I was once romantically involved with someone who was uh, very much into crosswords. That relationship ended unhappily. <laughs> that was with me. <laughs> this is how we tell you guys. Ended in tears and recrimination. <laughs> Can you um maybe not sit with your like neck facing the mic? That's just a, maybe an idea. Jesus. You think you're such an audio you're, professional. You're like the little Lord Fondleroy out there with your feet on the other chair. Jesus Christ. Peel me a grape. What? What does that mean? I'm suggesting I'm like one of the old time Romans. I'm stretched out. Oh, like your laurels are on and I'm, you're like. See, in Serva. fairness, uh, I knew that because I got a decent education. In Indiana. They didn't peel grapes in Rome. What the fuck's wrong with you? Why you were in New How York. How about I give you some fish paste, asshole? That's what the Romans ate. With your little HQ See, I knew games. that because I, I fucking took Latin from sixth grade onwards. So I can say some shit to you. Kevin. Kevinus est fatuus. Kevinus est molestus. <laughs> Do you know what those two sentences mean? Means Kevin is pretty special. Nope. Kevin is marvelous. No, it means Kevin is stupid and Kevin is annoying. I know molestus sounds worse. It sounds awful. I know it sounds awful. That we learned that word in sixth grade. You can imagine there was a lot of uh, a lot of humor around that. Well, because New York's a pretty unsophisticated place. <laughs> The kids say, oh, look at this word. <laughs> Jesus. God, 
your 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 Hoosier superiority is really gonna gonna lead to some bad places for you. I think. Wait till the word search hits New York. The what? Yeah, you never even heard about it. <laughs> Those puzzles where it's like just a bunch of letters and you look for words. Wait until New York gets a load of that one. Jesus. <laughs> Such a backward burg. Especially compared to Columbus, Indiana. <laughs> I think compared <laughs> I think between the two at this point, we didn't sit around watching people on phones ask us questions. I think you're not getting an idea of what exactly it was, but Speaking of the New York, the Indiana to New York pipeline, we found out some pretty interesting details about our heroine in this movie. Yes, she uh, comes from uh, Greencastle, Indiana. Someone else that I once was romantically involved with uh, was born in Greencastle, Indiana. That relationship did not end happily. Did you did you like secretly write this movie to like work <laughs> through the trauma of all your failed relationships? Is that the is that what is that's good? Are you going to reveal that at the end of this episode, everyone? It was uh, DePaul University's there, and you, oddly enough, on your very first trip to Indiana, yeah, you went to church there. I did go to church in DePaul. It was nice, and yeah, it was cool. And like, I mean, I, I love to see some random Hoosier representation. We were like, we were kind of like bantering during the movie, and she said something about Indiana, and we were both like, whoa, 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 and then we had to re you know rewind it, and then listen to what the fuck she had to say because that was that was a surprise so she's she's from a farm outside of Greencastle, indiana so they know in order to make a character seem sophisticated you need to give her a hoosier pedigree yeah that's exactly what they're trying to do here well i just want to note you said that i basically had her opposite trajectory because she's a a media figure who went from Greencastle, indiana to manhattan the seat of media power in this country and i went from manhattan the seat of media power in this country to Indianapolis. Yeah. <laughs> Here I am. <laughs> and not mad about it at all. <laughs> You're delighted to be here. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> so what is this movie about? Well, it's not about Indiana. It's not about Manhattan. It's about a crossword puzzle editor who solves fucking mysteries. And uh, has a kind of... It also... It, it basically, everybody in town is obsessed with her work. She doesn't really seem to have friends other than her aunt. That's true. So that's very sad. She doesn't have any friends who aren't related to her. She, like, has friends, but in the way that, like, friends that you'll see once every, like, five years. She has friends who will come to her when they need favors. Yes. Yes. Exploitative. Hey, can you help me get my uh, sister's wedding announcement in the paper? Hey, can you write a crossword puzzle about marriage to help me propose to my uh, girlfriend? She was friends with Harris, the murdered reporter from the first one. Maybe he was more of her friend. I think they were work friends. Was there really any indication they hung out together outside of work? They they had kind of a groove going on. And then, of course, and she's also single. And so I thought it was kind of weird. This one started out with a guy who hasn't seen her in a long time. They were friends in college asking her out and then bragging about how great his life is. And about how he's getting married and how he wants her to put the wedding announcement in the, uh, you know, no, he wants her to put the, the proposal in her crossword. And she's kind of looking pained. She's just had this interaction with Detective Logan, who, you know, where she's like, oh, you didn't call me, you know, like, and it's like, oh, man, she's very lonely. And then, but can we talk about the opening? The opening is uh, this guy 
this guy who is, is a professor who gets gets brunch, Lyle. Yeah, Lyle, who gets brunch with her and is is her friend, former friend from college. And he get he you know he's heading up the proposal. He gets a knock on the door. He opens the door, and then it just fades to white. <laughs> Some lost ending shit right there. And then we just see Detective Logan looking over his murdered body sadly. And then it says five days earlier. And we find out this 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 poor slob is a friend of Tess's, and he wants to exploit his connection with Tess because uh, he wants her to write a crossword puzzle to propose to his girlfriend. It kind of seems also you know what Tess we met when because we were both doing your crossword puzzles. It kind of felt like they had a romantic relationship that went bad, and he's trying to rub her nose in it. Did you feel that? Because she spoke so fondly of him. The guy dies like 10 minutes later. Do you think Tess is the real killer? Because he's like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'm tenured. Oh, look at this ring I'm going to give her. It's so fancy. We know it's fancy. This could have been you, Tess. We know it's fancy because all the characters say it's fancy. It doesn't really look all it that It looks fancy. awful. It looks tacky. I was appalled. It doesn't look old. It looks like um, it, it looks like the McMansion of engagement rings. It's doing too much. He's talking about how great his wife, how great his life is, how hot his girlfriend is. <laughs> how great my wife is and my girlfriend. It, it seems like he's like rubbing her nose in it a little bit. I thought that too. I felt it was weird, but I also... She's all like, oh, Lyle and I used to drive around and go to pizza. And, like, we were At both night. scholarship students. I don't know. I, I I, mean, you probably had friends in college that uh, that were the opposite gender that you never got with that you maybe. It's interesting you think that. But why don't we move on? What? Oh, you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I forgot you have a perfect. You, have, you sleep with all your friends. It's called networking. Jesus Christ. You're such a little tart. So it, it seemed like he was rubbing her nose in it a little bit. And then he gets uh, brutally murdered. So you're saying maybe Tess is, you know, Tess knows a lot of people who got murdered. She knows what? Like two people who got murdered at this point. I don't think it's Tess. I don't think she has the guts for it. She's kind of a pushover. Yeah. I like her, though. I like that they're not trying to make her be like, she's spunky, but she's not spunky to the point of being annoying. She's kind of like, she kind of get like, they'll be like, you can't get involved. And she'll be like, okay. But then she'll get involved anyway. That's, that's the kind of, uh, that's, that's kind of awkward girl representation right there. And you know, there was like a, a, a line they were very proud to cook up in the writer's room. Near the end, she's in a life-threatening situation. She's able to escape it. And the detective shows up and says, I'm here to save you. And she said, hey. I saved myself. Hashtag feminism. Checkmate bros. <laughs> she got herself into a stupid, pointless situation and then barely got out of it. <laughs> That's empowerment. And can we say at this point that the murdered man is a bit of a corrupt asshole? Yes. A hundred percent. Let's victim blame the shit out of this guy. Because we're supposed to feel, oh, it's so sorry. that oh, It's all awful. Life this happened. ahead of him. So his grandfather stole a bunch of jewels from a family in Germany. And I want to know, I mean, I'm sorry to bring this up, bringing everyone down, but were they Nazis or were they like the victims of Nazis who got their shit stolen by the Nazis, a.k.a. Jewish people? Because a lot of the 
wasn't a lot of the stolen art that the Nazis took for, stolen from Jewish families who then had a really hard time getting that stuff back after the war and like Switzerland like held on to it and they couldn't get it back even though like it was theirs. Yes. So like fucked up. So this guy's grandfather commits a war crime stealing jewels possibly from persecuted German Jews yes, during the, that's the Second what I believe World happened. War. He then smuggles these these jewels back into the United States. He buries some of them on his farm. He buries others in another undisclosed location. Uh, this Lyle kid, he figures out, oh, there's, there's jewels buried on this property that was once owned by my family. It's not even owned by my family anymore. So there's no... Some fucking farmer owns it. So technically he would have some rights to the jewels. Certainly more rights than this Lyle character has. So he then goes, he digs up these jewels, don't belong to him. He steals them from this other people's property. He then fences them, uses the proceeds to uh, buy nice things for his mommy and his girlfriend. And then someone else says, hey, you know, those other jewels are out there. I'd like some of those too. And he says, no, I'm going to make sure they get returned to their rightful owners. And this is she kills him. Also, no, he's not. And you know why he's not? Because he's using one of those so-called classic jewels as his engage as the engagement ring for his fiance, so you have to imagine if Lyle, you know, McAsshole comes back to Germany and says, "Oh, here are your jewels." They're probably like, "Oh, well, where are the other ones?" Oh, and we're seeing your fiance over there. She's flashing that ring that was our grandma's. So what the fuck? He's not gonna give them back. He just he just said that. Yeah. So he deserved what he got, and his girlfriend... Listen, no one deserves to be murdered, but it's... His girlfriend's better off not to marry him. He's uh, basically a war criminal. Profiteer. I think, I think, I think he, he doesn't deserve to get murdered, but I think he put himself in a really bad situation. And can I also just say, I've seen this plot so many times where it's like, granddad did some really dumb shit. I mean, even in situations where the granddad isn't a corrupt war criminal... He did some dumb shit, and then instead of just telling his family about where the money is, they, he did all these stupid riddles, and then no one could figure out, and, and we were in poverty for years. So wouldn't you, wouldn't, if you were this guy's mom, Lyle's mom, wouldn't you be like, fuck my dad? Because, like, why the fuck couldn't he have just told somebody, yes, I I stole a bunch of shit, let's fence it. That's a that's a supportive father right there. Not doing, like, oh, it's in this special book, and it's a code. I mean, what are you doing? Why are you treating it like some sort of birthday scavenger hunt? This is our future. This is our financial future. She probably wasn't able to go to college. I'm just saying, if you're going to do something bad and illegal, at least do it in like a non-stupid way. So it sounds like you'd be okay with the grandfather as long as he was more open with his family about his theft I'm of, not, from the I'm Jews. not okay with the f grandfather. I'm not okay with the war crime. I'm not okay with stealing from the Jewish family. Not okay with any of that. I'm just saying it adds a level of annoyance where you're doing all this, and it's basically for nothing. You're stealing it, like, you're just, what, like, why, why do it this way? It's illogical. If they'd said, oh, he got killed before he could really come back, or, you know, he got killed while he was out there digging, you know, he had a heart attack, okay, sure. But, like, they didn't make that, he, he just... He, all he succeeded in doing was killing his grandson. Exactly! Exactly. But his grandson, by choosing to get involved with jewels, stolen jewels and smuggling and shit, he was he was making a very risky and dumb. Why choice. doesn't the, the yeah I agree? And why doesn't the grandson the grandson could have like found the jewels and been like, 
a hero for returning them to the original owners and like written maybe a book. Like I was an academic. I have this really cool story. I did all this research, figured out where the jewels were, dug them up and gave them back to the victims of this horrible war war. Like that would have been, that would have been like noble, honorable and could have gotten him like a book deal or maybe he gets on GMA or something. He can get something from that a little bit of notoriety. You're not going to get the millions of dollars, but you might, you know, I think that's a nice thing. Might get enough to save your mom's house, buy your uh, fiance a nice little ring. Exactly. It's not going to be a huge ring. No, but. books don't sell that much. But you you get something. He's on he he was on tenure track. He got tenure. Things were working out for him. He just got greedy. And and then also don't get greedy and then bring in a bunch of sketchy assholes who are going to probably murder you. Come on. <laughs> I'm talking to you, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you dead in the eye. <laughs> no. If I took that advice, I never would have married you. <laughs> Fuck you. Don't you think ultimately I'm going to die because you murdered me? No, because I love you. Ah. I can see you getting killed over one of my crazy schemes, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always doing the schemes. Yeah, you're like uh, Lucy Ricardo. See, whereas I think if I died, it would be because of one of your, because like you built some big dumb gadget or something that backfired or like. I've never once was... built a gadget. <laughs> but you seem like the type. You're I don't telling even know me, what that means. I feel like you'd somehow come in with like a bicycle balloon situation. <laughs> it would go horribly wrong. <laughs> Our children would resent you for it. <laughs> we have no children. <laughs> I could just see all of it playing out. Jesus. See, you're smiling because you know I'm right on some level. On some emotional core level, you know I'm telling the truth. <laughs> so basically, th- this guy brings his death on himself. Uh, and he also brings a lot of sorrow and suspicion onto his friends and loved ones. Like, uh, yeah, his girlfriend is under suspicion. She's a red herring. Uh, there's a there's a lady who's a literal red herring because she has red hair. I was like, she's not really red herring because she's a guilty party. Yeah, <laughs> words mean something. <laughs> I may not have been paying a lot of attention. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery 
to watch. Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Uh, we both remarked that early on in, in the story, uh, Detective uh, Logan, he... he is annoyed with Tess and discourages her from helping with the case. That's what we want to see, right, folks? We don't want to see a bantering couple solve mysteries together. We want to see people neg each other and say, "Eh, get out of here, you're really not helping. Right? And then it was was like, first of all, she proved her bona fides in the previous film. And then in this one, it's like he's nagging on her. He's saying he doesn't want her around. And then... That's how you got me. And then suddenly, for no reason, a, flip, a switch is flipped. And he says, yeah, yeah, why don't you come with me when I talk to witnesses? And then there's no real reason for him to change his mind other than, oh, it's about 45 minutes into the picture. I kind of feel like these kinds of... Yeah, I mean, like, I, I want them to just work together and have fun. I feel like these kinds of things are easier to do when the main detective is a private detective because there's no rules. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. When it's an actual police detective, you're like, oh, yeah. And then you're kind of like, well, he probably shouldn't bring her. (laughs) That would fuck up the whole case. What would the DA say? And then uh, they seem to have a lot less chemistry in this one than they did in the first What do you think happened? To the extent... That I would argue one of the main reasons they have his sister in this at all is because she's like the only one to say, hey, you guys like each other. Boy, you got some chemistry, don't you, kids? Because <laughs> if she wasn't saying that, I wouldn't see any attraction between these two people. Do you think they had more chemistry in the first one? Yes. Why? What do you think happened? Was it a writing thing? Was it an acting thing? I don't know. You don't even care. What's What's your theory? I don't know. Do you think they had more chemistry in the first one? Yeah, the first one also was more about, like, I think here's the difference. The first one was all about, here are these two people, they both want the same things, but they're at odds, and now they have to work together, and they're introduced to each other. In this one, it's like, here are these two people who want different things, but are at odds, and they already know each other, and they're already kind of like, so the exasperation they have with each other is muted because they like each other a bit more now, but they're also not working together. It doesn't have them in a relationship or, like, partners or anything. So it's, like, it's more muted as a result. And they don't seem to have liked each other enough to have contacted each other since the end of the previous picture. Yeah, that was sad. I feel like they they should have, I don't know. They, they, they should, Well, it ends with... It ends with them going to Marnie's wedding, and you were disgraced by well, that. Dis- I was disgraced. Well, How I mean, was I were... personally no, disgraced I mean, by that? I, mean... I wasn't involved in that decision at all. <laughs> I meant that you were mad about it. Well, and I'll explain that in a second. But the literal end of the movie is he says, "Oh, I'm getting a call. There's a police emergency," and she says, "Ah, why don't you just deal with that later?" He says, "Oh, okay." Okay, but in fairness, I mean, don't you hate the trope of, like, 
police like like the law and order does this it'll be like olivia's like oh no like i'm like my sister has to go give birth or like you know like something really important is happening but i guess i'm gonna ditch it because i got it like are there any other police officers employed in the fucking nypd see my question is he's a new york city police officer he works in this hick big town but the the wedding takes place in the country so either westchester long island or connecticut or new jersey so he's not even in town. So why would they be calling a detective off duty who's a couple I hours mean, God away? God forbid it's some horrible terrorist attack. But barring that, it feels like they should be able to handle it. People can have time off. What are we doing here? He's not the only man who can handle it. He's a workaholic. So then they dance to a song that's perhaps best known for its version by Frank Sinatra. And they use somebody who I think is trying to sound like Frank Sinatra and failing miserably. So why do that? Why not pick another song that's not so intimately associated with one performer? Number one. And number two, if you know Mr. Sinatra at all, it's kind of a sad song. It's the song is the best is yet to come. And as it happens... That happens to be the very last song he ever performed in public, you know, right before his health really declined and his life got very sad. So it's kind of an ironic song. Is that the best is yet to come? No, the only thing that's going to come is decline and death. Good night, everybody. And that's how it ends. I don't think they were expecting to piss off the world's greatest Frank Sinatra fan. Well, I thought it was a shocking choice. <laughs> they disgraced themselves. <laughs> I didn't I didn't mind it. I didn't care for it. It just it didn't affect me at all. Just the song and they kind of didn't. You're just a simple New York City woman. I guess so. <laughs> Good Lord. You were saying, ask me a trivia question. That's all you wanted. Well, I wanted to. I mean, it feels like this this story weirdly touched upon a bunch of your interests because you have you have the 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 sad Frank Sinatra ending, but also you have a lot of discussion about how to preserve books. And I didn't know this, but apparently you freeze books in order to kill bugs and mildew. That becomes important later, folks. The second they started talking about that, I'm like, someone's going to get locked in a freezer. And early in the film, they visit a library and a guy says, hey, if you ever get lost in this library, follow these arrows. Yeah, and that was great. That's going to be important later. Yeah, they, it was. Let's also talk about the killer tries to intimidate Tess. And so... So what do they do? They lure her to the library. Okay, we're going to get a chase in the stacks. We love that. We stand. Uh, maybe someone's going to try to kill her in the stacks. No. Actually, they're just going to lure her to one spot, and then they're going to push a bunch of books off the shelves. <laughs> That's weak tea, folks. That's weak tea. That's weak tea. And also the guy that does this right outside the library, someone's doing a film, and he walks right in front of the camera. And can we also point out that the detective after this happens is like, He's like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta stay out of this danger. And then he goes back to his partner at the precinct, and he's like, oh, how's you know, the partner's like, how's Tess? Like, kind of like the level of concern you should be. Like, I'm sorry that happened, but it's not a big deal. And the detective says, you know, could have gone a different way, but but she'll be all right. It's like, could have gone in a different way. What? She almost got a paper cut that got infected, and she died of that. I mean, what the fuck? Making a big deal over nothing. <laughs> Jesus Christ. People are throwing books at me all the time. I don't care. I just shake myself off. Keep moving. <laughs> Jesus.
<laughs> and then and then the then the climax is this bookseller who helped the professor get the book blah 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 who cares she's the redhead not a red herring because she is the killer basically she's like oh i work with this guy sometimes so therefore i deserved half of the jewels Ugh, very entitled so i killed him because i was mad okay and, and I framed his girlfriend. And it sounds realistically stupid. It framed his ex-girlfriend, who's a surgeon, who I guess sent him threatening letters because she ended up... That seemed a little unrealistic, didn't it? She's like, if I hadn't moved to New York, I would be the head of surgery. First of all, that's not how it works. Second of all, not to be not to be biased, but New York has some of like the top hospitals. So, like, why are you... Like, what's... Wh like, it's not like you ended up, like, in like, a really shitty hospital somewhere. I mean, I don't know. It just, it just seemed like a weird thing to be complaining about. Isn't it interesting, this uh, Lyle character? He seemed, he presented himself as being a mild, pleasant fellow. He seems to have gotten himself mixed up with a lot of females who have anger towards him. <laughs> there's the, the red-headed book lady. There's his ex-girlfriend. I don't think things ended really very well between him and Tess. I'm telling you, you you've spent this whole episode talking about how your a bunch of your relationships ended in ruin. So, are, is this your way of subtly warning me that you're going to be spending a lot of time on some fucking farm later, <laughs> looking for your granddad's jewels? It is odd that the, when the, when the ex girlfriend meets no, when the current girlfriend meets Tess, uh, she says, "Oh yes, he talked about you all the time." You know, she he didn't even see her for months. I mean, how would you? Isn't feel? that something that people just say? I think this guy probably did talk about her all the time. I think he liked making women jealous. Keep them all, keep them all circling. I don't oh know. yeah, you know that crossword puzzle you're doing, honey? I used to bang the lady that did it. <laughs> Boy, was she something special? <laughs> how would you feel if I said things like that to you? Maybe in that case, I would murder you. Hey, honey, you know that guy asking all those trivia questions? And my finger go there. What the fuck? Jesus. Oh, man. It's, yeah, I love this series, though. I love how cheesy and stupid it is, and I, I can't wait to watch more of these. Probably the next one will start with then reveal they hadn't talked to each other for three years. The bitter estrangement. I would love every movie they've had a longer estrangement. Yes. Every movie, it's just been it's been ten years. How dare you? You left. Last time I saw you was supposed to be our wedding day. <laughs> just more brutal. <laughs> Chauncey's dead. You didn't even go to the funeral. <laughs> what if Chauncey had like some at his funeral? It's revealed he has some sort of uh, treasure. Chauncey's chalice. Shit! Ah. There's a lot of people hunting for it. I need to think about my life. <laughs> <laughs> mm.
so that's Chauncey's chance to Chauncey's chalice. Yeah. What's another ch word? What if he becomes a lawyer? Chauncey and Chambers. Ooh, and like, yeah, he's... he's <laughs> for, some, for some reason, the DVD cover hasn't been one of those barrister's wigs, but then that's... <laughs> We're not. We're in the United States, so that's not in the movie. It's just in the promotional material. Jesus. He has to pursue the killer of his wife, Chauncey's Chase. <laughs> would the secret to would the sequel to Chauncey's Chalice in the Adventure series? Because there's lots of different genres going on here. Obviously, <laughs> is a. He's, he has to get across this wide cat canyon to get to the treasure on the other side. Chauncey's Chasm. <laughs> that could also be a sequence in Chauncey's Challenge. <laughs> Just start recutting everything. <laughs> I mean, we gotta get, we gotta, why are, why are they so cowardly? They're not giving us the Chauncey's extended universe. That I think he, he's, he, he's a more appealing actor than Logan. Yes. And I think at this rate, by movie three or four, he'll probably look younger than Logan. Yeah, everyone's got this weird, every, everyone's draining Logan's energy, <laughs> making him look old. <laughs> <laughs> They're all emotional vampires on poor Logan. Poor Logan. Oh my God. Can we do, can we do, uh, can we do a flashback twin when Chauncey won, uh, the, uh, the purple heart in Vietnam with, uh, the famous maneuver known as Chauncey's Charge. <laughs> These books write themselves. <laughs> They're movies. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Jesus. Did we do Chauncey's chance? Oh, I, don't <laughs> I, think, I think we did. Maybe that's maybe that's when he wins big in the lotto. <laughs> Comes a millionaire. <laughs> oh man. I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> so sorry for this. <laughs> I think we owe everyone an apology. Ah. <laughs> uh. Do we have anything else to say <laughs> for ourselves? Do we just play a sad version of a sad Frank Sinatra song? Some cover of Strangers in the Night? Take us home. So what's your five-star final on uh, Proposing Murder? I'd say that Proposing Murder has a perfect ring to it. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast at gmail.com. We're not teens setting up Hotmail accounts in the early 2000s, so all of those spell out two as T-O. Thanks, Thanks so, so much, much for, for listening. listening.